Wasn't that band great today? Yeah. And do you notice how many uh, teenagers we have on the platform? Isn't that cool? I believe one of them has a concussion. Is that true? Oh. Maybe we've forgotten oh, if we do it? have a okay, concussion. Okay, different brother. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but it sounded great. Really wonderful. And thanks. Uh, thank you for today. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. My soul can bless God, and so can yours. And I, I sure hope that in the singing of that song, you just, uh, God's just sitting up in heaven with a smile on his face, and he's, he's having a good day because of our praise this morning. Well, we're in this uh, series, winding down this series today, actually, of the love of God, and we've talked about how, how it's possible to, um, to grapple to, in order to grasp a knowledge of the love of God that surpasses knowledge. That was last week. And, and, and it's possible to come to that, this place in our lives where we are overwhelmed by the reality of God's love. It goes beyond being true to being something that is actually real in our lives and it impacts us deeply. And I'm uh, pleased that many people are finding this a significant series as they're really coming to terms, I believe, with the love of God for them. I hope that's you. And it's not just a fact become something deeply personal and profound and i want to talk today about what happens to us or maybe more accurately what happens in us when we come to that place where we grasp this knowledge deeply um i want to say uh, you know i'm not necessarily speaking to people who are at the front end of the journey of faith um people who are seeking christ or even new believers you know those people hear the message of jesus and it includes the message of god's love for them for god so loved the world so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life you know this is an incredible thing and we hope there are people here who are grappling with 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 whether to believe this reality um, but at the front end of the journey with god is really about the basics of the faith you know was jesus the son of god you know was he or not and did he when he died on the cross did something monumental happened there that has profound potential profound effect in my life today so much so that i can go to god in his name because of the cross and confess my sin and be forgiven and and and, and in that reality because of the faith that we have come to in jesus you know we come to a place where we're willing to open up our lives to the lordship of christ he's my lord i will follow him i will live in obedience to him you see, at the front end of the faith is grappling with these concepts and whether we believe them or not, and it leads to a decision to follow Christ. Now, the love of God, part of it is, is within that context, but I want to tell you, you know, this grappling often comes later in a person's life of faith. It comes later, and it often involves a crisis. Often we go through painful scenarios. Sometimes we experience failure uh, that is hard to handle. Sometimes we face, face the depths of our own sin. And we find ourselves in the end simply before God and we begin to see God as God really is. Not what we want him to be, not what we have thought him to be. We see God as he really is. And there we discover that God is a God of love. Think of Peter and his denial of Jesus. After the denial, three times he experienced great pain. Remember he went out and he wept. He was a broken man because of the, his denying Christ. And in the end, eventually, he came to, a, to Christ and he came to an understanding as he looked into the eyes of Jesus that Jesus loved him anyway. And in that place, I want to tell you, my friends, there Peter grappled and Peter understood. 
And when we're in that sort of situation, even in the midst of failure, even in the midst of, of sin and brokenness, <coughs> excuse me, the truth goes deep into our being and our eyes are opened and we see and we understand. And I want to tell you, we, when that happens, we are changed. We are changed. You see, the question is, what happens, I want to talk about today, what happens in us when we grasp this love? And there are lots and lots of things. I'm just going to highlight a few. Hopefully, maybe some of the more important things. Number one, we stop worrying and being afraid in life, and we start trusting God. It's all rooted in the idea that uh, often we worry, quite frankly, the, the reality of worry is that we have fear in our lives. We often are afraid, we worry when we feel we're in a place of danger or threat. Um, you know, we fear uh, for the direction that our children are taking and we feel helpless because often we are helpless to change that. You know, our business is really struggling and we don't know if we can make it through this downturn again. We lose a job and we wonder whether we can feed our, our family. There are so many things. You can fill in the blank. It's different for all of us. It's very personal, but we fear. And the question that we have is, can we make it through? Can we survive this thing going forward you see fear and worry are future oriented aren't they they're about what is yet to come and i want to take you to the, just briefly to the story of mary the teenager who gets a visit from an angel in luke chapter one and this angel is representing this god of love that somehow mary had come to know and understand profoundly and he asks her if she will cooperate in the, in, in in becoming the mother of the messiah of jesus and her response is this, Luke chapter 1, verse 38. <clears throat> Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. You see, even without processing all the implications of what her future might look like, what it would mean for her life, she just said yes to God in a moment. I love the old translation, may it be to me as you have said. You see, this young woman, this teenager knew this God and she knew his love and she was able to trust him. There's a man named David Benner um, who writes about from Revelation chapter 22 verse 1 uh, where it speaks about a river, of, a river which flows from the throne of God in heaven. Get that picture in your mind, a river flowing from the throne of God. He says, think of that river as a river of love, which we are being caught up in and carried along by in our lives. He says, you know, that river in itself is an incredible thing to be a part of. If we can only grasp the power of it and, uh, and the love that sustains us. And then he tells this story. He was teaching a group of spiritual directors in the Philippines, and he discovered that none of them could swim. So he, so he offered to teach them to swim, to which they all agreed. And the first thing he did was to take them to the ocean and put a life jacket on every one of them and said, well, just go out there and float. Just get used to floating because you have to float if you're going to swim in the end. And, then, and they did this, but within one hour, every single one of them had taken off the life jacket and had learned to float on their own. A remarkable thing just doesn't happen. And what he realized is that these people had learned to fully yield their lives to God, to trust in God completely. So it was not such a hard thing to then learn to yield themselves and to fully trust, if you would, buoyancy and float. Um, put the weight of their lives, if you would, not only on God, but also 
to rest the weight of their lives on water. Now, one woman did have a problem uh, during that hour because she kept lifting her head because she was afraid that she was going to bump into something, assuming she was moving and she was afraid she was going to hit something. But you know what happens when you're floating and you lift your head? You sink. And she had to learn along with the others who were learning how to float that, absolute, that the reality is that you have to do nothing in order to float. You just rest and trust the buoyancy of the water. Just relax. Now back to the river analogy. His analogy that God is taking us where he wants us as we float and rest in the river of love. That as this river moves and as God takes our lives and guides it in particular and definite and particular ways, we don't need to lift our heads to see where we're going because we know that God knows where he's taking us and he knows how he's going to get us there. And all we are left to do is just relax as we float in the river of love and fully trust God to do what God wants done in our lives. He also talks about how a lot of us, when we are in, in, in a river and water, we, we feel we have to do something to stay on top. And a lot of people kind of forget the fact that God loves us so much that he will provide everything that we need. And in water, what do we do? We tread water to stay on top. We feel we have to do something when the trouble comes our way. And we tread water and we tread water and we tread water, but sooner or later we tire ourselves out and we sink. Other people, when they're in a difficult spot, they actually go beyond treading water, and because they can't swim, they thrash on top of the water, and they exhaust themselves really quickly. And when they're exhausted, what happens? Well, they sink. My friends, the bottom line in this is when we can come to a place where we understand that love of God which sustains our lives and which is taking us somewhere, we can just absolutely relax. We can rest in his love. We can allow the love of God to take us where he wants us to go and take us to that place when he wants us to get there. And we have no need to worry. We have no need to fear because of the profound and the deep love of God. My friends, when trouble hits your life, if you know how much God loves you, if you have become deeply convinced of how much God loves you, I want to tell you, you'll be able to float, head back, trusting that God is sustaining your life, that God will provide for you, that God will take you where you need to go. So number one, if we can get our heads around the profound reality of God's love for us, we will trust him and we won't be afraid anymore. Number two, when we come to know God's love, listen, we will know joy in life. What happens when a, a human soul, in a human soul, when a person's eyes are opened and they come to understand God in the, and his love for them in the terms that I have used to describe it over the course of this series, when they come to know that God literally delights in them, when they come to know that he, he rejoices over them, when, he come, when we come to that place that, that we know God is with us always, when we come to know that he is for us, when we come to know that God is always present to us, providing for us, when we come to that place in our lives for, where we come and we understand that God values us to such an extent that he now considers us precious to him. What happens in a human soul when people come to the deep conviction that as God thinks about us, this is his understanding of us? I want to tell you what happens in a human soul is that people encounter joy. Joy. My friends, the deepest 
longing of our lives, the deepest need in our lives is to know that we are loved, not simply by human beings, because human love is always insufficient, but when we come to a place in our lives and we know we are loved by God. I want to read to you Psalm 100. It's an incredible psalm. Probably many of you know it and, and, and have known it for a long time. Here the psalmist is talking, and I want you to notice, if you would, about the experience of a person as they enter into worship. This doesn't happen after worship because they've heard all about God. They are coming into worship. Listen to the words that describe what they are encountering in their souls as they do so. Psalm 100. Shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him, singing with joy, acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pastor. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Did you hear that? What do we experience as we're coming into the presence of God when we have come to a place where we know the love of God? I want to tell you we experience joy, we experience gladness, we experience faithfulness, we experience praise rising up within us. Can I ask you, by the way, this morning when you walked in here, was that your experience? When you walked in the door, were you filled with joy that you're ready to shout? You know, <laughs> you know do you come to God with an incredible gladness? Do you get that word gladness in your heart? Have you come to this entering his gates with thanksgiving? Oh, God, you're so awesome. I thank you for. This is praise. This is defining worship for us. And in the end, we go into his courts. We enter into his courts praising God for the incredible God that God is. This is worship. So that when you come here, you can't, you can't not worship God. You can't not praise him and, and be grateful for what God has done. You can't not know joy. It bubbles up. Because you and I, we have an incredible God, and he loves us. Now, why is it all rooted in love? Look at, look at the, all these things happen, and then comes verse 5, giving us the why, that, uh, because of the reason for all of that reality. For, because the Lord is good, his unfailing love continues forever, and his faithfulness continues each generation. Joy, gladness, thankfulness, praise. Why? Because God is a good God who loves us deeply and is faithful to us, an expression of his love. I want to say it again, my friends. Seek an understanding of the love of God, a deep grasping of the profound love of God until it impacts your relationship with God, until it changes your relationship with God. Can I ask you if your relationship with God is characterized by joy, by gladness, by a deep gratitude for what he has done, and by praise? That's what we're called to here. Because God is good and his love endures forever and his faithfulness through generation after generation after generation. It's because of who God is, because our eyes have been opened to see. And when our eyes are open to see, we can't do anything but become like I have described? Can I ask you to grapple with an understanding and to grasp the reality of the love of God until it impacts you to the extent that your life is infused with joy? See, a lot of people say, oh man, I got to do this to find joy. I got to do this to find joy. We're looking. My friends, the the opportunity for us, the answer to our, our yearning for something more is to experience the reality of God until joy fills our being. And it doesn't matter then what your circumstance is. 
Like it doesn't. Because you know the love of God. And you can't not be joyful. Joy, gladness, gratitude, and praise. Can you imagine if your relationship with God was consistently characterized by such things? Can you imagine if your life was consistently characterized by such things? My friend, seek and come to terms, a deep understanding of the love of God, and you will know it. So we will trust God and stop being afraid and worrying. We will come to a place where we, where we are filled with joy. Number three, we will start to live easily, and that's the key word, easily in obedience. Let me ask you a question, and I want you to ponder this, honestly. Don't let this just blow over, okay? Here's the question. Is it easier to sin against a God of judgment and punishment or against a God who loves you deeply? What do you think? Is it easier to sin against a God of judgment and punishment or against a God who loves you deeply? Um, I want to tell you, it's hard. It's a hard thing for us to submit to a cruel dictator as human beings. You know, we chafe against that. You know, we, we fight against that reality. Everything in us wants to push back and resist enforced obedience. But my friends, I want to tell you this, and this is an awesome thing. It is an easy thing to submit our wills to God when we know how much God really really loves us john 14 21 to 25 those who know my commands jesus speaking those who know my commands and obey them are the ones who love me and my father will love those who love me i will love them and will show myself to them then judas not judas iscariot said but lord why do you plan to show yourself to us and not to the rest of the world Jesus answered, if people love me, they will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Those who do not love me do not obey my teaching. Like, wow. This teaching that you hear is not really mine. It is from my Father who sent me. I have told you these things while I am with you. My friends, I want to tell you there's some, there some very profound teaching there. Because what it, what, what, it, what it does, among other things, is directly connect love with obedience. God's love for us and our love for God. I want, I want to say this, and I want you to hear it. When you know how much God loves you, when you are convinced of it to the core of your being, you know, and are really aware of, of this love, have, you have grasped it, you have come to know what surpasses knowing you will come to a place in your life where you know every command in the scripture that comes from the mouth of God is given to you because God loves you. You will know that every command in scripture that we are called to obey is given to us because we are precious to God and because we are valuable to him and because he is for us and because he delights in us and he just wants us to know the best that life offers and thus he has commanded us out of love. 
Ignatius Loyola said this. Listen to this. This is profound. If you've fallen asleep by this point in the sermon, wake up, okay? Listen to this. Sin is the unwillingness to trust that what God wants is our deepest happiness. I'll say it again. Sin is the unwillingness to trust that what God wants is our deepest happiness. My friends, if we're not convinced that God wants our deepest happiness, what do we do? We do what we want in order to find life because we think we know best. You see, in the love of God, <laughs> um, love for God becomes the reason we obey. Not because we have to. It has nothing to do with it. It's because we know we are loved. And it's because we want to love God back. Profound, life-changing reality. Can I ask my friends, are you in a place in your life where you are so profoundly moved by the knowledge of God's love for you that obedience has become an easy thing? Can be. And then this, lastly. When we discover God's love, we become people of love, and we love in return. 1 John 4 19 says this we love because he first loved us we love because he first loved us my friends when we understand and receive this love we embrace it as we have talked about this astounding gift of love when the love of god dwells within us when it takes hold of our souls our hearts when it penetrates our hearts and dwells there we are changed people and we become people of love we are able to give it away and again we can do no other because that's who we are And I want to tell you, my friends, if we don't love, what the Bible says is the love isn't there. We haven't gotten it yet. 1 John 3, 16 and 17. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him how can the love of god be in him again i want to tell you that that's profound teaching to christian people in the first century and it's profound teaching to christian people in the 21st century because there are people who say yeah i believe all this stuff but it's possible according to this text to see people really struggling and hurting and having the resources to do something about it and we just don't bother because we don't care See, my friends, when we come into a relationship with God, and when God works by His Spirit, particularly so much so that we grasp the reality of God's love for us, that love settles into the, our souls, into our beings. And we can't not love. We have to love because it is what we have become. So what happens when we encounter the love of God in a profound way? We move away from fear and worry and we embrace trust we find joy in 
our lives no matter what our circumstance. We come to a place where we easily obey the Lord, the Master who loves us. And we come to a place in our lives where we become people of love who express that love of God in the world, in our families, in our church, in this world, just because God has changed us. I have this final question for you, and it's not new to this sermon, but it is this. I want you to think about it. What characterizes your relationship with God? What characterizes your relationship with God? I've asked myself the same question. It's a huge question, because it speaks to the reality of what we believe. Can I ask you, is it trust? Simple trust which will enable you to float in the river that flows from the throne of God. Head back. No need to look up to see where you're going. No need for treading water. No need for thrashing to stay on top. Just trust that God is taking you to the place he wants you to go and he'll take you there in his timing that is good and right. Trust. Is your relationship with the Lord characterized by joy? <laughs> joy bubbling up inside you because as Psalm 100 says, you've come, we've come to know who this God is and he's an incredible God. And I am blessed in him. Is it an easy obedience? Because you've come to know his heart for you? And is it love? Love for God, love for other people. Because you have become that, that type of person. My friends, if it is not, I'll say it again. Grapple with the understanding of the love of God until you grasp it, until you know that it is both true and real. Grapple with the love of God until a knowledge of that love changes you. Then you will know what Jesus meant when he talked about life in him. Then you will know what it means when Jesus said, my burden is easy and my load is light. Then you will know what it means to come into his presence with joy, shouting for joy, worshiping him with gladness in your heart because your relationship with God has changed. You will be changed. Grapple until you grasp. Seek it until you know it. Spend time in his presence, studying his love for you until the spirit of God opens your eyes and changes you. Let's pray. Gracious God, it's an incredible thing, really an incredible thing, that the God of heaven and the God of earth loves us. Every single person here in this room. Father, your word says you love. And our God, our prayer again is simply that you will take us deeper in an understanding of this love. And we will go from a golf ball sized understanding of love to that huge beach ball that we've used to start this series that we would come to a place where we know the width and the length and the height and the depth of the love of God. Oh, Spirit of God, work in us. Draw us to that quiet place daily with you, with your word open, 
so that we might simply sit in your presence and know your love. Speak to us from this precious book and God convince us of this reality until we are changed, until we grow to that place where we become everything that you have for us. Lord, work in us, we pray, and teach us the deeper things of God. In Christ's name we pray these things.